The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Hello, and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place. Today's buzz, your health. I don't care if you're listening as a corporate listener, as a consumer listener, this show is for you. Okay, let's get started. When you're choosing a physician a hospital, an insurance plan, or a medical treatment, you've got to be a smart consumer today. This means you need to have the right information whenever, wherever, however you need it. So you can make informed decisions that what? Give you the best possible outcome. That's what we all want with our health. And by the way, don't you just love being put on hold when you call the doctor's office to ask about some of your own medical information, your history or whatever? Well, I have a question for you. Can mobility help? The experts speak, and have I got a panel for you today. Devin Verta from SAP says, and I quote, you've got to start with the customer experience and move back toward the technology, not the other way around. He's quoting, of course, Steve Jobs from Apple. Joining us also today is Dr. David Delaney. I will add MD. That's where the doctor comes from, also SAP. And David Delaney says, the only real chance we have to bend the healthcare cost curve is to shift our efforts from trying to make pounds of cure cheaper to applying ounces of prevention. I love that that description. And engaging the patient as an active and invested agent in the improvement of their own health. That's what we're talking about. Also rounding out the panel today is our good friend Dan Mahold from SAP. He was my first guest when we started the series back in October 2011. It was called Breakfast with Game Changers in those days. We have evolved and Dan is just going forward in every way which way talking about mobility, we're delighted to have him. And he says, we believe in healthcare that the medical record will start living with the consumer where I can take it anywhere I go in the world and always have access to it. Very powerful words from Danny. has a lot to share with us. So join us for the next hour. Our topic today is power to the patient. Your medical information goes mobile. Yes, I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We are live today, June 5th, 2013. Where is the year going? You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Now I have a quick question for my listeners, and then we'll get started. You have vast volumes of business data in your company, and they demand instant access and timely, insightful analysis. SAP HANA to the rescue. Click any banner on our show page on Voice America Business Channel and look for our free value calculator. Find out what HANA can do for your company, and I bet it can do a lot. With our compliments, of course. Now let's meet our panelists. Devin Verta. 
Senior Mobility Account Executive in Healthcare at SAP, has 23 years of experience on the vendor side of the healthcare industry. He holds various sales and sales management positions, or has held them, in the pharmaceutical, biotech, and medical device sectors before SAP. He spent 11 years at Medtronic. Welcome, Devin. How are you today? I'm doing great, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from sunny Seattle, Washington. Oh, favorite place of mine. I have a relative who designed the Space Needle, but that's for another show, so we'll leave that one alone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We'll be talking to you in just a couple of minutes. And joining us also is Dr. David Delaney, MD, Chief Medical Officer of SAP America's Healthcare Business. David's responsibilities include providing market insight, clinical and medical informatics domain expertise. He drives strategy and engages with senior leadership at current and prospective clients across the payer and provider market. That's a big job title, David. Your business card must be huge. How are you, Dr. Delaney, today? I'm well, Bonnie. Thanks for having me on the show. Good. I'm glad you're well. It's very important that on a show about health care, you be well, so thank <laughs> you for joining us. And where are you today, Dr. Delaney? Well, I'm getting a sense we're rounding out the corners of the country. I'm up in Hanover, New Hampshire today. Good, and I'm on Long Island in New York, so we are, yes, yeah, so we're going to find out in just a second how round or square that country is for us when we ask Dan Mahold, Vice President of Enterprise Mobility at SAP Americas. Dan leads the North America Mobility Sales Team, and he works with SAP's Mobility Development Organization and America's Executive Team to formulate mobility strategy, which is what Dan does best. Welcome, Dan. How are you? Hey, Bonnie. How you doing? It's awesome to uh, hear your voice and be back with you. Thank you very much. And you're calling from a cell phone on the way to where, Dan? I am between uh, Boulder, Colorado and the Denver Airport. Wonderful. And we just found out from Brad, of course, that our engineer is in Phoenix. So we've just traversed the country here in one fell swoop. Okay, let's get started. I'm going to go back to my intro and let's take these quotes apart one at a time. Devin Verde, you're up first. You've got to start with the customer experience and move back toward the technology, not the other way around, says Steve Jobs, very aptly quoted by you. Talk to me, Devin Verde. What does this mean to our topic? Power to the patient medical information goes mobile. Well, what it means is that um, we, we've got to start with the consumer experience, and uh, we have a really un- unbelievable opportunity right now with the amount of mobile devices that are out there with it, to engage consumers. But in order to do that, we're going to have to build an experience where it's something that they want to pursue and something that they want to use on a daily basis. So the byproduct of using these applications for health is not only good health, but it's good habits that lead to good health. I liken it to uh, the reason people engage in sports um, as an avocation uh, after their playing days of their youth are done. We do it to compete, but the byproduct, byproduct of it is exercise, and health is part of that. And we need to do the same thing by gamifying or the gamification of these consumer apps with health so that we get the same outcome. We need to be able to engage these uh, the consumer, me being one of them, uh, to use these applications in a way that the byproduct of it is good health. Very interesting. And, and, you know, we are a business show. We're here on the business channel, Devin, and we talk usually to a business audience, as we are today, of course. But but as I mentioned in my intro, we want to pique people's interest, the listener's interest, in this topic, both from the consumer point of view, consumer meaning we all have health because we are live human beings and we all have health needs, plus companies need to deal with the health issues and good health of their employees and their prospects 
and everybody wants everybody to have good health. So how does this work in terms of giving companies apps to give to their employees or medical providers giving apps to their patients? Where is What's the source and the recipient of all of this good stuff we're talking about in terms of mobility of medical information? Devin, just get me started on this, and then I'll, I'll turn to Dr. Delaney. Well, one uh, I, I can point to a small development company in, in Bellevue, Washington, called LimeAid, which takes uh, uses gamification, uh, uses a reward system for self-insured employers, and what they've done is developed a mobile platform to where the the, the patient slash consumer slash employee um, sets up a goal um, uh, within this uh, application, and they as they pursue this goal, they get rewarded, and some of the rewards that they get are lower deductibles. Sometimes they get um, they can set up iPads as a, as remuneration for hitting these goals, but it, and it's a way to engage patients with a mobile application. Uh, and the the outcome, hopefully, for the uh, the employer is a reduced cost in healthcare because the patients are developing better habits and leading healthier lives due to the mobile technology uh, that they're engaging with every day. Thank you. That's exactly what I wanted to hear to level set our topic. Let's turn to Dr. David Delaney. The only real chance we have to bend the healthcare cost curve, and we will talk about cost today, is to shift our efforts from trying to make pounds of cure cheaper to applying ounces of prevention. And, and the big thing for us here today, David, is engaging the patient as an active and invested agent in the improvement of their own health. Tell me a little bit about this. Yeah, Bonnie, I think when you really look at uh, care delivery today, and it's moving, though, though glacially, is uh, care delivery is largely reactive uh, once, once the horse is out of the barn, so to speak. Um, we are very good at applying uh, heroics, pounds of uh, cure uh, when patients get sick, but we're not as good at, at figuring out how to prevent them from being sick. Um, and I, I would add also that the uh, other piece is that in the past, care delivery had been something uh, where patients were pretty passive and they kind of went to get patched up and they would kind of head back out mm-hmm. and they weren't as actively engaged. And the challenge with that is uh, the system works very well if you have something like a trauma, uh, you know, that's unanticipated where there's no better place in the world than the U.S. to, to you know, pretty much any major city is going to be a great trauma center. Uh, the challenge is in actually in the management of chronic illness. And chronic illness is, is increasing in its pervasiveness. Uh, and when you look at the healthcare spend overall, it's very nonlinear. Uh, you, roughly about the sickest 1% of patients consume about 27% of healthcare spend mm-hmm. and the sickest 5%, about 50% of the spend. So we can't afford to uh, be in this kind of reactive mode where we you know, apply heroics and a lot of money to patch people up only to let them get back out into life, continuing in their, their current habits and, and trajectory, only to get sick and come back to the system. It's just simply unsustainable and, and just the, the human factor too, it's, it's not pleasant for the patients themselves. So really the, the, shivet, the, the uh, pivot uh, we're moving toward is, uh, you know, how can we engage patients as active members of their own health, um, help them understand what their care plan is when they're leaving the hospital and help maintain that care plan and, and uh, efforts on that um, throughout the 360 days a year when they're living their life at home rather than the five days when, you know, a provider has them face-to-face in their office. 
Very well put, very reality-based. I appreciate that. I have a quick question for you before we ask Dan to talk about his quote. Uh, Dr. David Delaney, is gamification, as, as Devin was speaking about a moment ago, gamification and I'll call it the shiny new penny of mobility. Oh, this is fun. I can check my health care records. Wow, look at me. I've got an iPad. Uh, not to demean it, but certainly to, to give it that bouncy, wow, the new thing, new thing, a new kid on the block. Is that going to help with what you're talking about? Do you think there's a, a great deal of hope we can place in that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, these are the areas we're talking about. They're all tough nuts to crack, and there's no magic mm-hmm. wand or something that makes it simple. But I think whenever you look in life, whether it be managing finances, your own health, uh, you, you know, anything that's complex and has many facets to it, you simply have no hope of improving it unless you have a plan, you have an understanding of your current state, and you have some reasonable education around it. So I think certainly the mobility piece is something, you know, most of us, uh, you know, any any a dead moment in our lives, whether it be waiting in line, uh, you know, to catch a rental car, uh, wherever we have a couple of few moments, we reach for devices and we, we check in. And we mm-hmm. check in on many aspects of our lives as consumers, whether it be our finances or our travel plans. And having uh, your health be a piece of that it can be very powerful because you're overlaying how people are, are essentially approaching life today and using devices they use. So uh, allowing them to visualize where their care plan is, uh, what their care plan is and how they're doing against the plan is, is very powerful. Um, those of you out there who own Fitbits or devices like that, uh, you probably would agree that it's, it's amazing how a little device and earning a badge, which disappears promptly at midnight every night, um, will really change behavior and, and can really Thank help you. drive you that way. Good, good perspective, and we are talking. The underlying topic here, I think, is behavior. That's what we're really talking about. Let's turn to Dan Mahold, who is on Good Behavior Today. Dan, you say, we believe in healthcare, that the medical record will start living with the consumer. I can take my medical record anywhere I want to go in the world and always have access to it. Is this reality yet, Dan? I know you've got the big vision in mobility. That's your, your, your cause celebra. That's your reason for being here. What's the status of this mobility of medical records today, Dan? Yeah, great question, Bonnie. I think the, uh, the, the great thing about it is the information is there, and it exists, you know, in many different places. The challenge is, you know, it's very difficult for, you know, you or I or Dr. Delaney or Devin or whoever to get it. And if you look at every other aspect of your life, whether it's as simple as your Facebook page, you know, your LinkedIn page, your financial record, you know, there are just, you know, beautiful, elegant, efficient, you know, highly usable applications that, you know, provide provide information that, that you can both maintain and, and get feeds from, you know, other data sources. And in the medical world, you know, we, we just don't have that. I mean, every time we walk into a a hospital, a doctor's office, uh, and, and it's a new one, you know, we're greeted with a clipboard and 15 forms. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they take a photocopy of our of our insurance card, and they're relearning and we're retraining them on information we've provided, you know, dozens if not hundreds of times. And it applies to, you know, both ourselves as individuals and if, if you know, you have family, your children, and so forth. So, you know, at some point, the consumer is going to revolt, and, you know, this information needs to be secure. It needs to be available in a, you know, in, in an easy-to-access fashion, and the application or the canvas that delivers it to us, you know, must be consumer-grade, meaning it's got to be simple, uh, you know, and elegant and, you know, very, very easy to use. 
Thank you, Dan. We're going to hear a lot more from you in the panel. It's time for our first break. Not breaking up this party yet, but we're going to take a deep breath here and come back in 57 seconds. You can count them. I'm telling the truth. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, talking about a topic that's important, whether you're an employee, an employer, or just a plain old consumer or a plain young consumer of health care. It impacts everybody in our listening audience and far beyond. When we come back, we'll be deep diving into mobility for health care records and and I'm going to ask my expert panel to talk about age, gender, status of life, who will benefit from this mobility, who will even care about it and use it. We're talking to Devin Berta, Dr. David Delaney, Dan Mahold, and, of course, I'm Bonnie. No matter how you're listening, mouse, dial, app, stay tuned. Brad out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Well, we don't call ourselves Coffee Break with Game Changers for nothing, kids. I have to ask my three esteemed panelists what they're drinking today. Okay, let's start out with Devin Verda from SAP. Devin, what are you drinking? I am drinking black coffee, and since I'm in Seattle and I want to be an equal uh, opportunity um, advocate, I will say it's a Starbucks, a Tellys, or a Seattle's best. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. Malcolm, I'm waiting for you to tweet what we're doing. Okay, this is good. And by the way, black coffee. We're talking high test, full caffeine, full power, right? Yes. Okay. Not diluted at all. Not diluted at all. You know they don't let me have caffeine on show days. Wonder why. Okay, David Delaney, Dr. Delaney to us today. What are you drinking today? You know, I'm drinking whatever the caterer chose to, to uh, <laughs> put in the, in the craft. So, you know, not, not my favorite of uh, choices, but, you know, makes me think about the weekend when I love to get the uh, French press out and, and make a, a great cup of coffee, high test, and, and help power through the weekend activities. I love it. And it's only Wednesday, so you've got a ways to go for that weekend. But tell me, when you get out that wonderful French press, what kind of coffee do you drink, David? Uh, I'd have to double down on Starbucks. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. And Dan Mahold in travel mode today. What are you drinking today, Dan? Well, I just made a move, uh, Bonnie. I moved from uh, Seattle to Boulder, and I was in Aspen this weekend and was with a special friend, and we had a mocha with almond milk, which is kind of an earthy drink, but it's what they drink out here, and, and I actually liked it. 
Whoa, that sounds delicious. I'm a Starbucks mocha fan when I allow myself to indulge. I like it with what we call light whip, mocha decaf skim with light whip. You cheat on the whip side and you do it on the decaf and the and the skim side. And by the way, thank you, Dan. Malcolm, my co-producer, Malcolm Kimberlin at SAP, is enjoying his newfound love. Those of you who are Equator Coffees fans, Malcolm is no longer waving the Equator Coffees flag. He's now waving the flag for his new love, Phil's Coffee, P-H-I-L-Z, and he loves it because they brew one cup at a time. Okay, Malcolm, we'll have to deal with that. Now it's time to deep dive back into our very important topic today, Power to the Patient Medical Information Goes Mobile. So I'm going to ask Devin Verta from SAP to kick this off, and I'd like to talk about the following statement, Devin. The mobile device will become the de facto desktop in the next several years in the healthcare space. What do we mean by that? Well, I mean that instead of uh, physicians dictating into recorders, which they still do in some places, or instead mm-hmm. of people are uh, taking handwritten notes and putting them, uh, somebody else entering them through a keyboard, um, the, 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 the mobile device, when you go to a physician, I believe eventually you'll be dealing with a physician who will be either talking into a phone or an iPad or a tablet um, and doing their work. The reason I, I feel this way is I had the good fortune of working at the University of Washington Medical Center and OHSU in Portland, Oregon. And my last two years at Medtronic, um, I never saw a resident carry a textbook. All the new physicians that are coming through the system right now are in tune with the iPad and consuming information from it. And I only think as they uh, graduate and come into the fold of uh, medicine, that, that that will continue, and uh, I, I I used to have to fight for a, a space with the residents to place my uh, briefcase when I'd go into the operating room. But in the last mm-hmm. two years, there was lots of space because most of the textbooks are being consumed uh, via the iPad. And I just think because of the ubiquitousness of the tablet and the the way that the consumers slash physicians that are being trained are using them, that eventually it will become the de facto desktop. Thank you very much. I'm going to ask Dan to come in on this for a moment. Dan, you've talked to me about, and you've said, I've watched you on videos, wonderful video, and the Corning video I saw about you talking about this medical mobility. You talk about security. We all are aware of HIPAA laws about compliance. Hospitals have to maintain confidentiality. It is so hard. And so many people are still suspicious, if I can use that term advisedly, suspicious about once you put something on a mobile device, once you put something on the Internet, can prying eyes see it? Well, what is more informative to people? What is more secure or what do they want to keep more confidential, I should say, than their medical advice? Medical information is personal. What a doctor tells you, advises you, prescribes what you have in terms of your medical history. Who wants that to get out? That's top secret. So, Dan, how do we know that what, as Devin said, the doctor dictating on an iPad Where is that going? Where is it going between the delivery from the doctor to the recording device, to the storage, to the consumer, maybe to the employer, to the insurance company? What's the path for the information? How can you promise me, Dan Mahold, that what you're developing in terms of apps will maintain my confidentiality and security? That's a, uh, it's, it's, it's an awesome topic to talk about because I, I think the medical world is using it as a crutch today, meaning you know, you hear a lot of things, the reasons why things can't be done, and, and, you know, people fall back and say, well, you can't do this because, you know, it's not secure, which I think is a bunch of nonsense. 
So the fact is, you know, all the information that, that the doctor, the care provider, um, you know, the receptionist, whoever records about you is being, is being stored electronically. I mean, that, that, that's just a fact, and everybody knows it. Um, mm-hmm. There is some, some, you know, really, really high-end security now for mobile devices. And this wasn't true when the iPhone, for example, first shipped. But, you know, there are companies, including the one that I work for, that, that spend day and night, you know, securing data on, on these mobile devices. Everything from encryption to application wrapping to making sure that all data is audited, whether, uh, you know, we record who puts it in or who reads it. So, you know, I think we're past that. And, you know, okay. the, the great opportunity we have is really to, you know, bring that information, you know, to the consumer in a secure way so that, that their life improves. Okay. David Delaney, you want to weigh in? You agree, disagree? What's, what are your, what's your viewpoint, your vantage point uh, in terms of security and trustworthiness of the information that's now moving around? Yeah, Bonnie, you know, I think it's an interesting discussion, uh, you know, having uh, practiced uh, over a dozen years as an intensivist and, and, you know, being around hospitals all the time. It, it's interesting to me that, you know, until electronic health records, uh, charts were kept in paper. In some places they still are. And, and literally you in bet. hospitals, you can walk confidently in, in a white lab jacket and, and, you know, pretty much browse any record you wanted uh, through there. So the the perceived safety that was present before was largely that. It was perceived, but it wasn't actually there. And, you know, even the most insecure uh, electronic stores today are far more secure than that. So, you know, there's always a risk, and, and uh, you know, I think people's gauging it, they're, they're really making the risk much larger than it is in actuality. And as Dan said, if you're following best practices, which um, we have a lot of great examples from, uh, from the financial industry, you know, securing financial records, uh, your records are, are very safe, and um, they're far more likely to be um, broached or, or lost through social engineering tactics or, or stuff that you just give away yourself. Okay, you've convinced me. All of you have convinced me. So it's time to move on to another aspect of this very, very interesting topic. David Delaney, Dr. Delaney, I want to move into a discussion of what happens after the patient leaves the hospital, which you you mentioned very eloquently in the opening of the show. You talked about, oh, this emergency care and this strategic care for the patient, and wow, look what we did for you. And then they go home, and guess what? Back to same old, same old. Maybe I'll take my meds. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll go for a follow-up. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll see the doctor in six months. Maybe I won't. So you talk about taking these best of intentions when the patient leaves the provider. How do you make the best of intentions into what we might call best practices in terms of adhering to the medical advice, following the regimen? How do we do this? How can this mobile medical records and how can gamification help reeducate, motivate, and uh, motivate is the word, motivate the patient to follow through? What do you think? Well, I think, you know, every encounter that the patient has, and as a critical care physician, usually I'm, I'm dealing with patients who have had, you know, a brush to death with death or something close to it. So we have their full attention around what's going on with them in terms of their health and, and things that they can do um, around trying to improve that. But, uh, you know, doing this many years, I, I realize my point of influence, my ability to influence uh, and get hurt is very high then. But as people leave the hospital, 
Um, again, the hospital doctor's clinic is a place most people are, you know, maybe three or four days a year. They've got those other 360 days a year where they're out living their life. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we have to take that moment to influence them. And I think one way we can do that is use mobility to get away from in front of the computer, sit down shoulder to shoulder with the patient and review what's going on with them, why, and, and why their health care, their, their decisions are going to be very important going out. So just educating them before they leave and then giving them those tools, um, you know, their own uh, care plan where they can see what their plan is, uh, leveraging ever cheaper biometric devices uh, in the home environment so they can see not only what their care plan is, but how they're doing against their care plan to uh, bring in gamification uh, into it. And then I think most emerging and interesting is uh, beginning to allow and invite uh, friends and family, loved ones into the process as well uh, to provide that visibility because uh, we're all competitive with ourselves, but uh, mm-hmm. if you have a loved one who wants you to be healthy more than anything and we're not making good decisions, they have both the presence and typically the permission in our lives to ask the hard questions uh, that really can help uh, you know, make those tough lifestyle changes. Very interesting. Thank you. Devin Verde, you have a point of view on this one? I, I do. I, I mean, I, I agree with David. I do think that um, what's interesting, though, about the consumerization of mobility uh, with regard to healthcare is there's going to be a loop in it, too. Um, there, because patients are going to be engaged with these mobile apps, there's going to be ga- data that's going to be gathered, and we're going to be able to see patterns that develop with regard to usage and with regard to people adhering to certain programs and the benefits of those programs. So we'll be able to see what works and what doesn't work. I also think, though, in this loop, there is going to be, um, you know, there's going to be a responsibility put on the people who use these mobile apps. We'll know when you're using them. We'll know what what data you've entered or what data has been measured. And I I think that there's going to be um, a little bit of a a feedback loop that comes with it that I think is going to help the system. I think initially it's going to be probably perceived as a negative and as a big brother. Uh, But I think in the long term, if you look at the macro and aggregate of the data, I think we're going to be able to pull some incredible information and learn more about uh, habits and uh, disease prevention uh, rather than uh, mm-hmm. dealing with the exigence of, uh, of being uh, in the ICU where uh, Dr. Delaney spent many years. Thank you. I, I want to ask Dan Mahold a question. We're just about up against our next break, Dan, but I've gotten a, an interesting uh, link here, and, and I am from Malcolm, our co-producer, and he's asking, how would this mobility of medical records or medical communication, we'll broaden it to that, Dan, help a doctor tell a patient or a doctor's office tell a patient, hey, Dr. XYZ is heading to surgery, it's an emergency, sorry, we know you scheduled this appointment three weeks in advance, we have to cancel on you, so sorry, we'll contact you for a reschedule. Will this mobility help that communication, what we would call, Dan, at SAP, we call the customer experience? Can mobility help there too? Well, I mean, <clears throat> the bigger issue, Bonnie, is we have to get the, the consumer, me, you, and everyone else, you know, interested in their medical information. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, in, in my job, you know, I recruit and hire lots of people. And the de facto standard now for reviewing someone's credentials is a mobile app and a website called LinkedIn. And if you read some of these records, I mean, people take meticulous care to maintain the information about their professional life. And I read some of these LinkedIn profiles, and, and you know, some of these people could be president of the United States. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous how much uh, information is there, and, and I mean that in a positive way. Yes. And, you know, we, we, we just don't do that with our medical information, and we can't 
and and you know one of the reasons we're not is because it, it you know the, the medical industry you know the people that that build these systems and hold this data make it incredibly difficult for us to get to this information and they hide behind you know all this HIPAA stuff which is important mm-hmm. and it's there to yes. protect the consumer but you know as and, and I was in one of those situations that you described with my daughter who had a accident you know riding you know a horse and yes. our normal doctor was gone, and I had to retrain, and, and my wife Maria had to re- retrain the doctor on, um, you know, everything about her medical past, because we had never met this guy, nor did they have any of our information. Yes. So this, this is a real problem, and, you know, it can be solved, and the power needs to shift to me and to you so that it is our responsibility to maintain and upkeep this record by getting, you know, great information from from our healthcare providers. Thank you, Dan. And you know what? You took me up to the break. We're at the halfway point. You're listening to live today, Coffee Break with Game Changers, speaking with Devin Verta, Dr. David Delaney, and Dan Mahal. Dan, I want to give you an honorary title of Dr. Mobility because that's how much confidence I have in the greatness of your information and your expertise. When we come back, I'm going to put Dan Mahal in the spotlight here. I'm going to ask him to talk about what we call the SAP Electronic Medical Record. What is it all about? What were the benefits? benefits to the consumer be and to the doctor and to your healthcare experience. We'll use him and his example of his daughter in the hospital as a live example, and then we'll ask Dr. Delaney and Devin to chime in, and we'll just keep expanding the topic. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Don't want to miss this great discussion on power to the patient. Medical information goes mobile. Brad out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com Voice America Business Network The bottom line in business You're enjoying Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP You can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at twitter hashtag sapradio now let's get back to coffee break with game changers and we're back, and I'm talking to Devin Berta, Dr. David Delaney, and Dan Mahol. This is the three Ds, Devin, David, and Dan. My goodness, and my middle initials, D, so I guess we're a happy family here. Dan Mahol, you're traveling. We appreciate your calling, and we appreciate everybody calling, and you're all busy. But, Dan, I see you as the linchpin here, the guy who's holding the secrets to what an electronic medical record will be like. I know it's your passion. I know you know everything there is to know. Tell me, what does this actually mean? You're in the hospital. Your daughter had 
had an injury. I know horseback riding is a big part of your life, your family's life. You needed to get her medical information in in the ideal world, or is it there right now, Dan Mahold? In an ideal world, what would happen with this transporting of medical information for you and your wife to help the doctor take care of your daughter on the spot, on the scene, in terms of this mobility? Give us a picture, please. So um, the uh, the horse stepped on my daughter's arm, and we, Ooh. you know, real high trauma uh, event, and we, you know, get to the hospital, and we're searching, you know, in the ER for a surgeon that can, you know, put her back together. And, you know, the, the experience, you know, other than, than, you know, there's just a lot of anxiety and, and, you know, parents out there totally understand what I'm talking about. But, um, you know, it's, 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 I felt the doctor just didn't have the information he needed about, you know, Alicia's, you know, medical past, you know, what, what drugs she was allergic to, um, you know, and so forth. And, and, you know, he x-rayed her. And we walked out into a hall that had a whiteboard, and mm-hmm. uh, now with technology and with our partnership with Corning, what what you know facilities are starting to do is is install glass that lives on the wall that essentially becomes you know the canvas to display information. So rather than sitting in a private room having you know a very important discussion, you know we were out in the hall looking at an x-ray with people walking, you know, to and from, you know, different rooms and there was lots of noise and so forth. So with, with the, the electronic medical record, you know, we, we can now store that image. And so when Alicia goes to the doctor next year or 10 years from now, that, that information will live with her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that doctor can see exactly how that, that steel bar was put in her arm, where the pins are and so forth. And, you know, I think it, 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 it you know, completely and, and totally changes the dialogue and the relationship from I'm asking you a bunch of questions to the mm-hmm. doctor and the patient are talking specifically about, you know, something that's happened in your past. Very interesting. David Delaney, how does this impact from your perspective as a practicing MD? How does this impact patient care? How, are you seeing this in reality yet the way Dan has? And, and what does this mean for us, let's say, in the next 10 years? I also want you to touch upon, David Delaney, touch upon the aging of the population, the, the, the shift towards seniors 60, 70, 80, who are the ones who may have a predominance of those emergency calls. Will they embrace this? Can their baby boomer children embrace this to benefit the older patient? Talk to me. Yeah, you know, Bonnie, I think it's a very much an arc when you look at it. Uh, in the mm-hmm. past, when I trained, uh, sick patients would come in who had some chronic illnesses, and literally they would often, uh, you know, two or three hours after they were admitted, uh, they would come up for medical records with five or six three-inch thick charts and plop them down, right? And, yes. you know, in a given night, we might admit eight patients and have another 12 sick ones uh, to manage in the ICU. And the reality is, is that we do what we call a chart biopsy, which is you go through really quickly and try to find uh, relevant summations of information. There's no way you could actually read the thousands of pages around a patient. So uh, so the, the information took hours even to get in the first place. It was hard to read it because, you know, doctor's handwriting, right? And, oh, yeah. and it was voluminous, right? So it, it was very much a, a kind of a biopsy of trying to figure it out. Uh, you know, flash forward to today or last couple of years, most systems now have electronic health records. So at least things are, are more legible, right, because they're, they're digital. 
Mm-hmm. And um, you, they're available immediately, and they can be searched in, in fairly rudimentary fashions. But, um, you know, so that's an improvement. But where things are headed and where mobility can take us is that, uh, per my previous comments, you, we need to have patients more and more become the CEO of their own health care. And they yes. can't do that as long as they're passive participants with a doc is coming out, telling them what they need to do and, and what was done, because they simply have to be able to own and engage with their own medical record, per Dan's previous comments, to, to really understand what's going on. And, and so simply stated, what the um, mobile electronic health record allows you to do is free up that information from being stuck behind a charting desk or at the doctor's desk at the table and have the patient go bedside any place, anytime, review the images, the data with the patient so they can really understand truly what's going on with them. And, uh, and begin to engage and own in what's going on and, and the plan going forward in, in a very real fashion. And regarding age, you, you know, that, yes. that conversation where you're sitting shoulder to shoulder with a patient reviewing their record over a, a tablet, uh, you know, age, age doesn't matter. I think folks very much appreciate the, the understanding that can be given. And it's just so much, you know, the old proverbial, a picture's worth a thousand words. It's hard mm-hmm. to kind of describe what's going on, but it's, it's something magical happens when you can pull up the patient's actual images and show them a pre and post and point to it and use the annotation tools to show what's going on and explain their illness. It just sticks. It allows that education to actually take hold for the patients to understand what's going on with them and then really be more strongly engaged in understanding what they can do going forward to, to help optimize their course. Thank you, Dr. Delaney. I have one more question on that point. When, when I'll go back to the baby boomer children of the elderly patient comes in, who decides who has access to that medical record if it's mobile, as Dan's telling us about? Can the daughter, the son, the daughter-in-law, the, the uh, I don't know, the sister-in-law, the, the cousin, can they say, oh, great, I'm Bob's uh, whatever the re- relationship is. I understand the medical records are mobile. I want access because I'm going to be taking care of him. How official does that permission have to be? so that there is that maintenance of of personal confidentiality. Not even legal, but personal. Yeah, absolutely, Bonnie. That's a great question, and you could have an entire show uh, on it. I mean, to net it out, uh, HIPAA is is real. There's real regulations there around it. How people choose to enact it is variable. Uh, There needs to be formal mechanism in place and formal safeguards around that. Organizations um, handle it in in very different ways, but uh, there tends to, there has to be um, you know, the concept of uh, a proxy, uh, to your point, that, you know, an elderly mm-hmm. patient, uh, you know, in their 80s might not have interest or capability to look at, um, you know, a tablet or the record online. Maybe they're blind. Um, so you have to have the ability to have a proxy and, and allow for that. But even in that sense, we're seeing some really cool applications of technology where, uh, you know, the patient's uh, adult children might have access to the online record of a parent who's yes. many states away and through biometric devices that the, the patient doesn't even have to be aware of or deal with at all, there's data being pulled up. And, you know, I'll tell you that call from, uh, you know, adult child around, you know, their, their parents' glycemic control uh, from states mm-hmm. away. I mean, they have the permission you know, to ask the hard mm-hmm. questions and really push on them. And and the visibility to what's going on. And so you can have people you're doing what, what uh, social media and the Internet can do, compress time and space, so that you can have people now contributing to the health and wellness of a loved one states away uh, based on the visibility of the record and the biometric information flowing into the system. 
Very exciting. Now, I'm going to thank you, Dr. Delaney. I'm going to open up a question to the whole panel. We have three minutes left in this portion of the roundtable before we get to the crystal ball prediction segment, which I know is going to be very exciting. Question to all of you is costs. There are always costs involved. So let's say a medical practice, a private medical practice, a hospital-based practice, a hospital. We know hospitals today are becoming huge enterprises. I'm on Long Island. The North Shore Hospital is now the North Shore Hospital System. They are gobbling up hospitals right and left. You never know when you're going to see North Shore at the top of the hospital on the name. It's just all over the place. So these behemoth enterprises, organizations, corporations, how fast, and Dan, I'll I'll give this question to you, how fast are hospitals choosing to invest in this new technology, this mobility, and how are they helping their physicians, their nurses, their staffs embrace and train in this new mobility that we know will benefit everyone? Dan Mahold? Yeah, you know, I think they are huge and uh, they're getting bigger. But I, you know, I'm not I'm not afraid of that because they will never be as big as the consumer movement. Mm-hmm. And the consumer movement is now very powerful because the consumers are connected. They can make comments, they can share information, they can rate, they can do all kinds of things. So the way I look at it, this will happen, and the power will shift to the consumer simply because of their size. Mm-hmm. And they're mobile now, so you can't walk into a hospital or a doctor's office with your desktop. You just would never do that. You wouldn't pack it in your car and bring it. But you, you are essentially carrying a computer on your hip now, and, you know, the, the, it, it's going to change, and it's going to happen. And, you know, I'm not suggesting that it's, it's, it's bad that these hospital systems are becoming big, because if you look in business, the same thing happens. It's just a natural phenomenon where things consolidate. But, you know, the consumer is, is always going to be bigger. And, and that simple fact is going to drive these large organizations to make this information available, to make sure it's secure, and to start working together. So as they I hop from, you know, the state of New York to Colorado to New Hampshire to Washington, you know, this record is going to travel with me. Thank you. And we're just about at the break. David Delaney, Dr. Delaney, quick, add on to that, please. Are hospitals making the investment? Are they ready to, or do they need to see more proof that this is, as Dan says, the wave of the consumer movement, the enterprise that is the healthcare consumer today? David? Well, you know, what we're talking about is motherhood and apple pie. We all went into healthcare because we want people to be healthier. But the bottom line is um, there hasn't been financial um, support or, or um, award for, for doing it. Uh, we're paid for making sick people healthier, not for keeping people healthy in the first place. Uh, with the advent of ACOs and patient-centered medical homes, the financial constructs are now coming into place that I believe will accelerate investment over time and make it not only the morally right thing to do, but the, the financially right thing for the institution as well. And so I think that's important. Thank you. It is very important. Guess what? We're up against our third and final break. When we come back, I'm going to have my three esteemed panelists take out the chamois, the banky, the the cloth in the garage, polish off that crystal ball, see how blue the skies are looking ahead, and see if you can tell me what power to the patient as healthcare consumer will be like all the way five years in the future, 2018, or any year you can see. I'm talking to Devin Verta, Dr. David Delaney, Dan Mahold. What a great conversation. Power to the patient. Power to the listener. We'll be right back. Brad out. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. 
The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Just talking during the break with Dan Mahold, who, as I said, was my first guest on the original show, Breakfast with Game Changers, back in October 5th, I believe, and that was 2011. And, Dan, we've done three series so far. A mini-series, Financial Excellence with Game Changers, is still going on. Coffee Break is now what, what started out as Breakfast with Game Changers. I think we're up to about 125 shows. That's a lot of shows. So thank you for your energy in, in uh, helping me get this all started, Dan. You were an un- unwilling partner in crime there, uh, maybe, perhaps with. So here we are. It's crystal ball time. We're going to talk about power to the patient as healthcare consumer, as the agent in your own healthcare. How will this impact patients as consumers, organizations as employers who need to provide healthcare insurance and programs, doctors and hospitals as the purveyors of this, these medical records, making them available? Big, big topic. Let's see what my panel says this will all look like. Will we even be talking about it in five years? Let's kick this segment off with Devin Verta from SAP. Devin, what do you see in your crystal ball? Oh, Bonnie, I, I don't think we'll be talking about it. I think it will be the norm. I do believe the mobile device will become the desktop, not only for the physician but for the patient as well. I think when you come into your home, you'll come in with your tablet. It will uh, hook up to your network within your home. Uh, You will have screens that will display what you want them to display. Uh, Your input device may still be a keyboard, but you may just speak into it randomly. Uh, But I do believe that this mobile technology and mobile computing will become the de facto standard, uh, not only for the physician but for the patient. I do believe, too, that the greatest greatest uptick uh, with regard to uh, helping the society at large with mobility is is the fact that most of our impoverished uh, citizens in the U.S. have mobile devices at this point in time, and I think that we're going to be able to, to reach a group of people that have, have been basically, um, for lack of a better uh, vocabulary, have been left by the wayside. We're going to be able to bring them into the fold with regard to mobility, and, and hopefully they'll lead happier lives uh, by, uh, by engaging with the mobile technology. Thank you, Devin. Do you see the technology we're talking about, this new mobility of medical records? Will it be just part of our everyday lives? Will we take it for granted that when we go to the doctor, he'll be able to pop it up on a wall and show us our charts, as Dan was describing so well a few minutes ago? Will this just be the norm? Everybody will be saying, actually, will there be an excitement when you go to the doctor? Wow, I get to see my last five x-rays, and let me see how well I'm improving. Will there be this engagement that will be almost a, a benefit of gamification, visualization? What do you think, Devin? 
I do think uh, that it, it, it will not be a hot topic. I think it will, be, will become the norm and the standard, and patients won't have to go to the doctor's office to see their x-rays. They'll be able to view them yourself. I think if you look at the financial um, institutions in this country and what they've done with mobility, medicine is probably 10 years behind where they are, but I think if you look at what they've done with regard to security, um, and what, you, what they've done with the consumer experience, being able to take a picture of a check and deposit, no more going to the bank. I think all, if, they, if, if the medical uh, community looks at something to, that they want to benchmark, they should look at the financial industry, uh, and I think that the, it will help them quite a bit. Very interesting. Thank you so much, Devin. And let's turn to Dr. David Delaney, MD. I know you never say doctor and MD in the same sentence, but I'm saying it to prove a point here, and you know what it is. Dr. Delaney, what do you see in your crystal ball? How are things going to change, improve? You're a doctor in the trenches, also in the corporate world, also in the discovery of, of new advents, new improvements with Dan. So what do you see, David? Well, you know, I see some, I see some resolution, hopefully within the next five years of some core challenges we have today. And, you know, our discussion up to this point has really been around, uh, you know, somewhat simpler use cases. I, I go to my doctor's office or my hospital. I want to be able to see my records. The reality is a lot of patients go to a number of different doctors and medical systems who have different electronic health records and trying to provide an integrated view that's seamless between them is, is a, you know, achievable but technologically challenging today. Um, you know, where I see things moving is uh, a, a, toward a common health record format, um, whether it uh, consolidates around the Commonwealth Initiative, which is uh, a number of EHR vendors who have committed to creating a common standard that will be used between all of them, or a government initiative, I think it's vital going forward to really optimize healthcare in the country to have a common electronic health uh, record format, so the, the actual data store itself. And what that allows you to do is, is really shift uh, electronic health records to be focused on the graphic user interface and business logic to manipulate that data. But the data itself remains constant from institution to institution. So what that allows us to do is to uh, really spend the effort on the analytics and the user interface um, going against a known standard of information. Also, uh, echoing some of Dan's comments earlier, um, allows a patient to truly own their record and when they move from institution to institution, preserve fully the information and be able to browse it and own it and, and whether regardless of the institution they go to. So I think that foundational piece is going to be uh, absolutely core to accelerate a lot of the other trends we're going to see in mobility. Another kind of uh, trend we're going to see is movement toward truly personalized healthcare. Uh, today, mm -hmm. if you go to a good provider, uh, you know, when they're looking at you know, how to treat you, they're trying to apply evidence-based medicine, which basically means they're trying to apply knowledge gained on clinical trials, which are optimally randomized and controlled uh, to your case and, and help guide the decision-making based on the best available data. Um, what the definition of best available data is will move over the next five years or so, uh, and maybe 10, it's beginning to happen now, to really not just being who's like you clinically, but who is like you genetically. So having the ability to take your personal, mm. your, your genome, your, uh, the genes that make up you, and understand how they can influence and optimize your care. So that's a big emerging area that's going to accelerate and really drive uh, personalized healthcare so that it'll be down to an N of one, you as an individual, highly personalized care and then the ability to pull that care uh, in a mobile device uh, and be able to visualize it. So having access to educational information, um, your care plan, how you're doing with biometrics, um, and how that relates and all those decisions wrap into your genome. And then I think that pulls the last kind of 
key piece I see. And, and that's just the, the continued movement toward ultra-cheap, ultra-accurate biometric uh, devices. We're already seeing now. Uh, it just amazes me. When I was in well, there was one oximeter um, per floor, what measures your oxygen saturation. Uh, it was, you know, large. It was chained to something so it wouldn't be stolen in an entire floor. Um, uh, shared it. And now you go into CVS or your favorite uh, pharmacy, and there's literally 20 or 30 different varieties, anywhere from 20 to 40 or 50 dollars, and they're all very, very good grades. And that incredible, uh, you know, will accelerate to even wearable technology, which um, some folks are talking about now. Cook most recently. Um, where you'll be able to literally wear the technology, have it accruing information on you, so such that Fitbits and the things we're using today will seem incredibly rudimentary. We'll literally have this care plan being populated by whatever you're wearing continuously. And what that'll do is begin to really very much blur the line between uh, of care. Care will no longer be this thing you go to get uh, at a doctor's office or a hospital. It'll be something that can be applied continuously. Um, uh, you know, personally, I look at now, uh, you know, it struck me the other day, how rare it is for me now to go to the bank. I can take pictures of checks and make deposits. Mm -hmm. um, I can go to ATMs, and I rarely actually physically go to the bank. And I'm not sure it's going to get quite that radical for the doctor's office, but it's going to move there directionally uh, to where there might be an actual procedure that needs to be performed. But a lot of the routine stuff, there will be this, this uh, visibility of data, this accrual of data. There will be analytics being applied to information continuously. And so a lot of your care will be happening continuously uh, with you as a joint CEO of your care, working with the doctor more as a coach. Uh, it's really data-driven and informed. Thank you. Dan Mahold, I have about 45 seconds for you to give me your prediction, so go. Okay, good. No, And I think David's really on to what I think is going to happen, and that is the, the electronic medical record will be communicating with your body. And, you know, that, that you know seems invasive and intimidating, but really, you know, I don't think it is. And if you look at the automobile industry, the aerospace industry, when a, when a maintenance engineer maintains a piece of equipment, you know, he, he taps in via his or her mobile device and he gets complete diagnostics on what's happening inside the engine, in the landing gear, you know, whatever. And, you know, you just can't work today without that kind of information. And I think that's where we're going. All the things about the consumer and the medical record, you know, becoming, you know, mine and I control it and I update it. I think that's a foregone conclusion. It's a matter of time. But I think the more interesting opportunity, and, and, I, and I really believe that, you know, companies like Apple, you, we've already seen it with Nike, are going to continue to innovate in this thing called wearable technology. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we work with Under Armour, uh, which, which is just an awesome company on the East Coast. And, you know, some of their gear that you put on, you know, for high-performance athletes helps them, you know, tune and optimize their performance. So, you know, I think the, the, the line will blur, and I think that's a good thing. And I don't think, you know, as the public, we should be afraid of that because I think it's, it's going to help us, you know, improve the quality of our lives. Thank you, Dan. Great insights. I think we have another show brewing here. We have so much more to talk about. I have my predictions quickly. <laughs> Coffee break next week on Wednesday, 8 a.m. Pacific, June 12th. HR on alert. 
Talent versus Skills Paradox Part 2. June 19th, the importance of the IT professional brain. Even the most innovative technologies will fail without it. And Financial Excellence next Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific. June 11th, Integrated GRC. Possibility in our lifetime. And June 18th, what's driving the push for efficiency in financial disclosures? I want to thank my special guest today, Devin Verta, Dr. David Delaney, Dan Mahal. Wonderful information. Great energy. Thanks for sharing all of this great information with us. Shout-outs to Malcolm Kimberlin, Ashley Pratt, Brad Ryan, Jeff, and the Business Channel team. Okay, everybody, put your seatbelt on. Time for Bonnie's call to action. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for Coffee Break with Game Changers. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.